Chef Christina, you know there are a million ways to run a restaurant. Every chef has their own spin on things. But no matter who you are or how you cook, you need a good point of sale, and it boggles my mind how many places don't. Christopher, you know, this reminds me of the exact conversation we had with that struggling and overworked restaurant hospitality group executive we recently talked about their issues with this exact same problem off the air before the show. Yeah, I just don't get it. It's so simple with cake, which is the point of sale system that lets bar and restaurant owners focus on the guest experience. They can stop worrying about tracking every sale. Cake does that for you. You can automatically save information and review it later from anywhere. That means you can actually take days off which can be pretty rare in the restaurant business. I don't know about you, but with cake, you actually spend time with your family without worrying about adding up last night's sales. I mean, who wants to do that anymore? Really? I told them to go to trycake.com backslash small bites and take a look for themselves. Cake makes it easy. Sounds simple enough to me. It is. And get this, to get started with cake, when you go to trycake.com backslash small bites, our listeners can get $750 off the activation fee. That's a 75% discount. And with that discount, you get a user-friendly point-of-sale solution that includes cloud reporting and world-class 24-7 support. That's amazing. My saying is take a look at trycake.com backslash smallbites and get your own slice of cake. Christopher, I couldn't have said it better myself. Trycake.com backslash smallbites and get your own slice of cake. Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. Spaghettios. Hit it. Where's the beef? Cookie. He likes it. No soup for you. No soup for you. No soup for you. Good evening. This is Chef Christina for Small Bites. I'm in for Derek, Tim, and Donato who are out on assignment. I think Derek is yodeling in the Himalayan somewhere, we said before the show. But we have a great lineup. I have co-host tonight, uh, Chef Christopher Doherty. Good evening. In studio tonight, we have Chef Barry Galasso from Camden County Technical High School. Hello, hello. And we also have... Zachary Harris from Ikevana Wine and Spirits, LLC. But, How's welcome. it going? Welcome. We're going to go first, though, to our Jersey correspondent, John Howard Fusco, with some news of South Jersey happenings. Evening, Christina. How are you guys all doing tonight? Good evening. Good, good. Let's see. Let's uh, talk about the news from the Philly and South Jersey food scene from the past week. The, The buzz this past week was over Bloom, which is a new bar and restaurant taking over the space in Rittenhouse that was occupied by Cinder. The look is bright, colorful, and flowery, and has the cocktails to match the decor. Uh, the menu itself is a mix of some holdovers from Cinder, mainly the pizzas and flatbreads. And uh, you'll be interested, they are offering more vegan and vegetarian options on the menu. Yes. Uh, this is according to Eater Philly. Uh, I want to mention Elwood. This is a new BYO opening on Frankfurt Avenue in Fishtown. The theme of this restaurant is an homage to Pennsylvania culture. This is according to Philly Mag. Uh, some of the items on the menu include a catfish and waffles, uh, a Kensington snapper soup, and striped bass. Uh, opening night is scheduled for May 1st. Uh, big announcement this past week from Weyerbacher, the microbrewery out of uh, Easton. Uh, the brewery had to go into Chapter 11 bankruptcy and is selling a majority stake to an investment group. Uh, they will continue to operate. Uh, hopefully they can make it out of this okay. I hope they do because Weyerbacher Quad is one of my favorite uh, beers of all time, so I hate to see that go away. Uh, I want to mention Pineville uh, Fishtown. This is the outpost of the historic Pineville Tavern in Bucks County. Uh, had to close this past week. The location had only been open for, for less than a year, so uh, unfortunately didn't make it in the location in Fishtown. And if you like Panera Bread, and I mean really like Panera Bread, get ready for the largest Panera Bread location in Philly coming to the University of Pennsylvania campus. Uh, the expected opening date is May 20th. 
So these articles and much more from the past week will be uh, mentioned or posted later on my blog and shared on Twitter at Eating in S Jersey. And as always, hashtag Small Bites Radio. Thanks, John. We appreciate the update. And next we want to introduce Zachary Harris from Ikavana Wine and Spirits. Ikavina. Ikavina. <laughs> Sorry about that. We always get names wrong. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the concept for Ikavina. Uh, Ikavina, basically it's a Yoruba word, Ika, which means the power of the spoken word, and Vina for wine. So our company, we speak wine. Our focus is essentially Italian wines. That's my specialty. But also I've uh, expanded into Portugal and uh, Spain as well because I'm now a importer for about 40 producers in the Douro region. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to bring... Italian styles into popularity here, which aren't getting their play. Amarone, Ricciotto, um, wines from the Otropo Pavese area of um, Lombardia. And uh, there you have it. So you would say you're the importer for this area for these wines? No, I'm the uh, U.S. importer. You're the U.S. importer. It's not mm-hmm. just specific to this region, but for the whole country. Right. Okay. Zachary, how did you get into the wine business? Uh, it was kind of weird. Um, I basically was drinking wine. Well, I used to drink beer. Then I transitioned over into wine. Then I started uh, writing my own website, um, not a blog, but a serious website and wine reviews. And then I'd get uh, invites to go to trade shows. And then me and Al Paris, uh, I don't know if you remember Al Paris, um, I can't, uh, Rococo and Circa. We're good friends, so we started doing some things, and from an event we did before, where we took over Mission Grill and uh, had, I think, about seven different wines there, and uh, wine and food, we're working on a TV show concept. One of the uh, distributors for this wine wanted to do the same thing. He and I became friends. Pretty soon, I was putting him together with business deals and realized I could do it better than these two, uh, than the producer who was there and the uh, label owner. Nice. And so I read on your website that you're having investors. You're looking for investors. Yeah, I'm actually in two different periods right now, really three. Uh, One is I was raising money looking to start with about two containers of wine, Italy and Portugal. And at the same time, I just had a meeting about six months, well, six weeks ago, where a uh, my finance guy knows another finance guy. He was trying to get in touch uh, me in touch with to. get a lot more investment. So I'm waiting for his schedule to break and then we can start talking and he's probably going to be my de facto CFO for about two years. But at the same time, I have about 10 wines under contract, so I have to work on those as well. And are you still doing the program that's on there where you're looking for 3,000 investors? Not really. Actually, I just said, you know what? A uh, thousand people, three well, 300 investors, a thousand a person, 15% um, 15% payoff in, uh, was no, 22% payout in 15 months, and they all become essentially plank owners to the company. Nice. But if they don't come around in time, I just go with the other way. <laughs> exactly. So you talk about this untapped consumer base for wine. What do you think makes you especially suited to targeting that? Well, I'm African-American. The untapped consumer base is African-American. I've been around the wine industry. Um, I know people from the producer all the way to the highest levels of uh, national distributors. I can tell you that um, minority participation for African-Americans is less than 1% in the wine industry. Most people are on the lower end of sales, and you have to understand how wine is taught. Basically, most of the schools, uh, Quartermaster Sommelier's Wine and Spirits Education Trust, they're solely focused on a mad obsession with French wines, usually Bordeaux, Champagne, uh, Burgundy. And that knowledge is actually very small when you start looking at the whole industry or world of wine. If you look at all the companies, what they've been doing for the past 20, 30 years, they really haven't approached African-Americans or Latino-Americans with quality wine. It's always been some substandard crap from Australia, South America, South Africa, or juice from France and Canada. So what wines are we sampling today? Uh, You're actually, 
Well, I brought a bunch of wines. Um, the first wine, and I have to get him a glass. Oh, uh, we want to welcome real quick. He just got in the studio. Is uh, Chef Timothy Wichard, also of Camden County Technical High School, but also owner of the Wing Kitchen. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. Okay. Welcome. I was in the weeds for a little bit, so he's got to The first wine is actually a pretty special wine. It is a Muscatel Gallego Branco. It is essentially a white well, it's a, it's a Moscato, a type of Moscato grape from the Dura region, but it's dry. It's not sweet. And of that, there's probably no more than 10 producers, and I would say maybe 30,000 bottles made a year. So for this producer, I have um, exclusive U.S. import of them starting at the end of last year, and they make 8,000 bottles. I have 3,000 of them. I get 3,000 of them. This is an amazing wine, and I could see on those nice cool summer nights, warm summer days, sitting on the deck, just drinking this. It's a, what you would call maybe like a session wine. Yeah. Like you could just keep drinking it. Yeah, and it probably will only retail for $11, $12 a bottle. Yeah, yeah that's pretty smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I brought uh, the rosé rose by them as well. And uh, let's see, a Primitivo from my Fratello in uh, Puglia, which is pretty good. Um, people think it's the same as Zinfandel, but it's actually a fraternal twin to it. Um, they both descended from a grape out of um, Croatia, uh, Babish, and there's another name for it. And actually, from I brought my special dessert wine from the Azores. Um, there's only one producer who makes it. Uh, the vines will be dead in about another five years. So I have complete import of that, um, 80% of his uh, quantity of his production. And I actually have also a 20-year port. So now do you get to travel overseas to Yeah, I've Spain? been, I just was in Spain twice this year, both in Catalan um, for two different programs. I went to the Azores to visit a producer over there. Um, he's putting me down with a producer in Pico. Um, he's from Sao Miguel, but the other guy's from Pico. Um, I just came back from Vin Italy, and I was also in Portugal for CSOP, which is their uh, wine and food show. And I'm hoping to go back to uh, Spain for a Fenevin next month. Nice. Now, you were supplying to restaurants as well? I'm My initial demographic or area will actually be Washington, D.C. Even though I live in Philadelphia, the business is in Delaware, but I'm also D.C. So D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and then I may start coming back up to Pennsylvania. But you know how our crazy laws are. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with these, you know, working in one state, housing in one state, selling in one state with all these different state liquor laws. Like I know Pennsylvania is very restrictive. Mm-hmm. I just live in Philly. Right. So, <laughs> so I live in Philly. You know, everyone with, you know, great sense sets up your business in Delaware mm-hmm. um, because of how it affects uh, corporations. D.C. is a special thing. So I already have my license for D.C. And I actually I'm going to be dealing with another African-American distributor who does Maryland, Virginia. So I can work directly through him for those two states. And do you find that as you're expanding your customer base, you're expanding the source locations for the wine and not just going to these more traditional areas, but going to places, you know, the Azores, Catalan, stuff like that? Uh, well, I mean, Catalan is traditional to Spain, right? You know, if you if you know Spanish wines, for Italy, I also have like a. Um, I just ordered a sparkling rosé from Pinot Noir, so I have two palettes of, of that going to come in. I have an Aglianico and a Tarassi from Southern Italy. The problem with Italian wines, again, is the way the wine industry trains its people. They still are fixated on France and French grapes. Up to maybe 10, 15, possibly 20 years ago, most of the Pinot Noir in the world was grown in Italy. Most of your sommeliers and master sommeliers do not even know that. If you look at their information, they keep thinking that Veneto makes the most Pinot Noir in Italy when it's Lombardia. Uh, But they make it white, they make it rosé, they make it sparkling. They've been doing this stuff for years. So can we talk a little bit about pairing? With wine. So now we're coming into rosé season, right? I <laughs> Well, you know, there's a big uh, discussion now on whether pairing makes sense anymore because you have five different tastes for people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, someone actually gave me something called the Sweet Wine Lovers Manifesto. And if you go back 40 years, Amarone was all sweet. 
So people drank it for years. It was sweet. And it was, you know, it was called um, Ricciotto del Valpolicello Amarone. Now it's Amarone del Valpolicello. I think I'm not a sweet wine person myself, except for if it's a dessert wine. I hate, you know, people say, I'm a wine connoisseur. What do you drink? Moscato. Like, go home. Just, <laughs> just leave me alone. You cannot have Moscato with steak. But for some people, they found out the way they taste, they can actually taste a lot more than a lot of other people. So for them, a sweet wine with, like, red meat, it may just work for them. Right. And like Chef Christopher said, a lot of us are eating outside now. It's uh, summer season. And so say I get invited to a barbecue, a vegan barbecue for me. But what would I bring? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what do they eat at vegan barbecues? Zucchini. <laughs> Zucchini. Cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say anything. Or a like, regular barbecue. But like, what would you bring, you know, the guest? For a regular barbecue? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, there are a couple reds I'm going to be working with from Portugal that are pretty good. Um, they're usually uh, Turiga Nacional, Tinta Franca, uh, Tinta Barica. They're usually a combination of three, four grapes. I would say a good thing for barbecue would be Zinfandel, Zinfandel or Primitivo. Or I just had a um, Montepulciano di Abruzzo, which basically kicked ass. And, you know, people... You hear a lot of people in the American wine industry say there's nothing better than a good Cabernet and a steak. That's because they really don't know any other wines. But, you know, you could do uh, Amarone, you could do a Brunello, you could do a Barolo. There's a whole world of what you can do it. I know some rosés that are actually, um, the woman who makes this, she actually makes, and I'm the only guy who's going to have it again, she makes a rosé that is barrel-aged. So it has more depth and smoky character to it, like a red wine, but it's a rosé. Now, now, which one are you grabbing? If you got that ribeye fresh off the grill? No ribeye. I'll do porterhouse. Ribeye's too fattening. All right, we got a porterhouse. A little filet, a little strip on there. I'm with you. So, so which one are you reaching for? I'd still reach. Um, it just depends on what I have available. If I have the Montepulciano I just talked about, I'd get that. If I have a Primitivo, I'd get that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Cabernet, but I know, like, if you want something interesting, get a nice spicy Cabernet Franc. So then how can people get a hold of you either to buy or to learn? Uh, (laughs) um, They can always get in touch with me. You can go to my uh, website, www.ikavina.com, I-K-A-V-I-N-A.com, and email me. Um, You can... Hit me up, Zachary MC Harris at ecovina.com. I used to have a, well, the site still exists, uh, but I don't write on it anymore, www.theblackwiner.com. They can read some of my old reviews. I just don't review anymore because most of what I taste, most people can never get access to. Nice. Well, stick around because we're going to be talking about wings in a little bit and okay. might have to pair up some wines with wings. Let's write up some fried donuts. <laughs> and fried donuts. Well, next up, we have a fellow culinary arts teacher who teaches at Camden County Technical High School, Chef Barry Galasso. He has comes with over 20 years of culinary experience. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. We want to talk to you about, tell us about your experience teaching culinary arts. Well, it's, it's definitely <laughs> interesting. Uh, that's for sure. This has been my 24th year doing it. Um, it's really changed and evolved over, I would say, the last 10 to 12 years, where it's gotten a little bit more I would say more in depth, more um, more training involved, uh, getting kids to go to you know culinary school versus when I first started. I think the philosophy was get the kids out the door, entry level positions, and then some went on to you know other schools. But most of the most of the training was geared towards uh, entry level positions in the restaurant industry. And you also do some competitions with students as well. Yeah, we've done a few. We've done, uh, sitting across from the fellow right now, Mr. Tim Witcher, Chef Tim Witcher. We've done some uh, great competitions over the past years. We've done some barbecue cook-off challenges. We've been very successful uh, doing things uh, throughout the county. We've also done things, some things statewide where we've actually won some of the um, cook-offs against all the other vocational schools. They call it the NJAC, which they have a big conference in Atlantic City every year, and then they have all the uh, 13 vocational schools every year, and they give a category, and we go out and we uh, 
present. I think what was the what did we win with Tim? That uh, going back now. I'm thinking. Um, we had the the chicken lollipops with the. That's right, with the sriracha wrapped in the bacon. Yeah, smoked a little bit, and then uh, we did a jalapeno popper that was stuffed with smoked gouda, cornbread, and then tempura batter. And then we did the short rib taco as well. Yeah, which with the that queso was, fresco was, and the pickled onions and the pico, that was that was nice too. Yeah, that was a little trouble. But you we know, had a little bit of trouble for that. <laughs> it, it's funny that you go to these competitions and you have to bring basically everything with you, and you have to. And that's probably one of the biggest things is getting the kids to realize that you need to bring everything with you and set up a kitchen inside of a ballroom. Or and, in a parking lot. <laughs> or in a parking lot. And getting them to understand that, hey, we got to cook here. Like, and they're like, you know, amazed because, you know, they're used to the, you know, the comfy comp- confounds of a kitchen and having all that stuff. And you have to improvise and sometimes you have to go outside the box. And that's what makes it fun. So, but yeah, we've been very successful in those competitions. And it's a lot of fun to get outside of the school and do some different things. And these are students that are ninth through 12th grade. Yeah, currently uh, how we have it set up now is um, I have primarily level three, which would be juniors. Um, Chef Witcher has the seniors, and uh, it, it works out pretty well. Um, you know, the kids travel through and they get the experience. That, you know, obviously every chef has their own way and, and different things, way of doing things. And it's unique to see the kids kind of would try to adapt those styles and as they move on and grow. And they, it's nice to see them come back and say, hey, I, I'm doing this now or I'm doing that now. And I'm doing it this way or I'm doing it that way. And it really makes it fun. And I can see being in the school, too, that a lot of them do come back and, you know, check in with their teachers. And, you know, there's a nice relationship there. Yeah, that's probably the greatest part of it all. I mean, yeah, it's fun every day in the kitchen and dealing with the kids and and what goes on. But when those kids come back and they share their success stories or they say, hey, I'm doing this now, or they bring their families back and you can see the level that you've gotten to with the kids as far as relationship wise. That's what, you know, really, you know, gets me charged up because those kids come back and you, you see what they've done and you see what they've made of themselves. And, and that's really what it's about at the end of the day is making sure that they leave there, they're productive, they have jobs, and they're good family people and good, strong people that have good beliefs. And besides classroom teaching, you're really involved with other activities in the school, um, such as sports. Can you tell us a little bit about the other stuff that you're involved yeah, with? Yeah, so I'm also a senior class advisor. Um, so we deal with a lot of the stuff that goes on with seniors, like graduation and trips and whatnot that goes on there. I also am involved in uh, coaching girls basketball and boys baseball. So it's, it's another way, to, uh, another outlet, another way to get to know students that just aren't in your classroom. So they you kind of branch out. And you kind of just uh, you get to meet everybody, and you get to see th- people outside of their element, not in their own career program, because we do have a lot of different careers there. And to get those kids outside of that their element, doing something different, getting to know them, really uh, get to see what kind of people they really are. And for those of you that were listening to the show before us, Dining on a Dime, they were talking about Reading Terminal, and that's something that you got to bring your students to this year um, to do a field trip to. Reading Terminal. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We went in October. We went to, uh, first we went to um, the Italian market. We took our students there, and then we went to Reading Terminal Market. And it was a lot of fun to get to see, show the kids, hey, when they see that truck back up, that Cisco truck or the U.S. food truck, that's not all, you know, that's not how everybody buys food. You know, people buy food, they go to the Italian market, they go to Sam, some people go to BJ, some people go to Restaurant Depot. There's all different outlets of, you know, how to buy food. And they were amazed to see, hey, I can come down here and I can buy chicken wings, or I can do this, or I can do that. That truck doesn't have to always pull up. Not that I'm dissing Cisco or U.S. Foods by any stretch. Of, you know, they, they've always been great to us, but I'm just saying there's other outlets out there, and the kids got an opportunity to see that. It's great to expose them to the different things that, that they might see when they get out into the industry. Absolutely. Um, what else do you think? Tell us a little bit more about the school. Uh, the program itself. Yeah, well, the school, you know, like I said, it's it's been great to me. I've been there for 24 years. It, it's really nice. Like when I first started, I think vocational schools kind of got like a bad rap. Um, it was sort of like, ah, we're just going to send the kids there that, um, you know, maybe other districts didn't want or whatever. And, and, and I can tell you from being there, that's not the case at all. We have kids there that want to be there, that are invested in their programs, um, are doing very successful things. We have kids that, you know, go to Harvard and go to Penn and go to Yale and go MIT. on to where MIT MIT right. 
I mean, it's not your, you know, it's uh, and it's a bad saying, but it's not your daddy's old vocational school. I mean, we are a technical high school, and if our superintendent was listening and I said vocational, she would be mad. It's a technical school. We <laughs> sort of got <laughs> well. We did. We got away from that vocational, absolutely, because you know, a vocational made it seem like you know, I, I you know, I, I don't even know the. the the innuendos, but we are a technical high school. We do have, uh, in fact, our first robotics team is in Detroit this week and in, in the national championships for STEM, Rob, STEM robotics. And, you know, we are competing at the highest levels with the schools in the area, the, some of the top schools in the area. And I have three kids that go to that high school, and um, I live in Washington Township. When we, that's a pretty good school district, but I'll tell you, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like, I, I guess the right term is I don't I don't feel bad about not sending them there and sending them to the, the technical school because they've gotten a great education. My son's going to West Virginia University from there. My daughter got a college scholarship for playing basketball at Arcadia, and my son, other son's a sophomore. So that school is done right by me and my family. And like I said, it's done right by me as being an employee there for 24 years. And they have two campuses, so they have. We one. do. We have our Pensalkin campus, which is located on Browning Road, and on our campus is located on Berlin Crosskeys Road in Sicklerville. Now, over these 23 years teaching culinary, what do you think the industry expectations for the students, how has that changed? I think, honestly, I think it's changed because I think to get to better jobs now, I think these kids realize that they they have to go on to a culinary school, to you know a, a Johnson & Wales or a two-year program at ACC or Philadelphia Restaurant School or one of those schools to get those marquee jobs that we're looking for. In years past, like I said, kids would graduate and they would be happy with the eight, nine, ten dollar an hour jobs at, you know, Mickey D's or Wendy's or wherever, and you know, and that's what we were gearing them for. That's what we were training them for. The whole we've changed the way that we teach. We changed everything to gear it towards those programs, so they can be successful at a uh, a major culinary school. That's okay. You can drink wine, and I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just stay out there and just pass it. I'm pouring you one. (laughs) (laughs) Just pass by. Nobody asks me no questions. Thank you very much. Would you, you like rosé? You, like you know what? I'm going to play a little rosé. A little rosé. I put the cups out as a dump cup, I, and I, I hey, put the bottle next to you so that, you could. I, you know, I appreciate that, and I. <laughs> you can drink out of the plastic. Uh, you know, well, if, my, use if my mom Jersey saw me drinking crystal. wine out of a plastic cup, I'd be in a lot of trouble right now. You know, that's but, South Jersey uh, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's plastic gold, right? <laughs> All right. Anything else? Hit me something. Come on, hit me with a question. Come on, Chef Christina. What are we making for lunch tomorrow? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, love I forgot. That I f- I totally forgot what we even ordered. So when it comes in tomorrow, it'll be Chef Surprise. To be honest, to the <laughs> listeners out there. So after all these twenty plus years of teaching, <laughs> oh, here we arts, go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what has been your most interesting experience in the kitchen? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying a bad experience. Just any kind of. What's your most? What's what's sticks out in your mind the most? If you can narrow it down to one or two, ah, man, I'll tell you, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's been so many un, unique things that have happened. I mean, all all positive, of course. Never anything negative, oh, of course. All positive all the time because <laughs> no, no negativity at all. How about all the catering jobs you do? For, yeah, you know, I mean, they, besides teaching the students, they're <laughs> doing catering for yeah, we, offsite and onsite. Um, and the students that get heavily involved in that, and it's a great experience for them, but it's also a lot of work on the teachers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize, I mean, like, I again, not to put any other teachers down in, in, in any other school or any other, uh, even in our own school, but I don't think they realize what actually, you know, how much work actually goes into, you know, setting up a restaurant every day and serving the teachers and doing catering. And, you know, if the carpenter teacher makes a birdhouse and it doesn't work out, Okay, so we smash the birdhouse and we take it apart and we put it back together. If I have a cream of mushroom soup and the kid, you know, messes it up. Well, then I might not have a soup for today, or no I maybe in the week no soup for you, and then uh, I have to either start over and make a soup or. So I mean, they're the challenges of the uniqueness every day. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I I like what I do. I love coming to work in the morning. The kids keep you keep it interesting. They keep it, you know, uh, you know. Some days. 
it's a struggle. You know, some days it's a struggle for for them. Sometimes it's a struggle for me. But you know, it, it all works. It seems to all you know the ebb and flows always seem to trend upwards. And uh, you know, when the kids leave, I think they leave with a positive experience, and I think they leave with an opportunity to do something good in the world. Well, I have a question. Um, sure. And like all your comments, since you're all chefs, since I've been around enough restaurants, I know enough people who own them, people who work in them. Uh, lately, there's been a big push. And I don't know if you make your students do this to show that dishwashers are like the lifeblood of restaurants. (laughs) Oh, they are. They forever. Chef Tim can tell you all about that, right, Chef? Since he's a new restaurant owner. So if anybody out there can wash dishes (laughs) and is looking for employment, please (laughs) call the station. I'll tell you what. You and you hit the nail on the head. You cannot have a successful restaurant unless you have a strong dishwasher. Because you can't be busy and you can't be turning over tables and doing what you need to do unless you have somebody that's strong in that room that can get you the stuff you need to you know to serve people and to cook. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, not yeah, at all. No, no, I, I've, I've read a bunch of articles on it lately, and I know there's a, a guy I want to say is Norwegian who gave his dishwasher a percentage in the corporation, a great percentage for his years of work. Mm. A lot of people didn't understand that, and I know that was. Rene Redzepi at Noma, That's which it. is Copenhagen. number one restaurant in the world. Right. And yeah, he gave the dishwasher a percentage of the company. Right. That's a smart dude. Yeah, I know they're doing right. that guy happy. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, I know they're doing it in D.C. too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Latino uh, restaurateur who basically gives his dishwashers benefits. You know. No, that's that's a great thing, and uh, you know, like I said, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, without that, you're in a lot of trouble because it's it's tough to maintain a restaurant without a strong person in yeah. this room. Especially a lot of the bigger companies, um, people may start off at dishwasher and then work their way up into being head of stewarding departments. Right, you know, being in charge of a lot of different uh, employees and areas, which is very important also. But yeah, Chef Christopher worked at an Italian restaurant where the dishwasher was doing the ordering, and they keep the restaurant yeah, organized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he had all our. Uh, chemicals for the machines for cleaning all on his tablet see he would walk around he would do his inventory he would email it to the chef what we needed we could just put his order in he had everything organized and so when the guy wanted an extra day off of course because you do a great job that's you know the give and take from that that's that's right absolutely yeah so they're very important to successful yeah not just you know it's also a stepping stone if you know, your dishwasher's doing a great job and keeping up ahead of the game. All right, now I have him doing prep tests. Now he becomes a prep cook. Now he becomes a line cook. Now he becomes a sous chef. So he doesn't just have to stay in that stewarding path. He can move into that culinary path just as easily. Mm-hmm. And so we do try to teach the students to, uh, to do the dishes, even though we do have a dish, uh, designated dishwasher, but it's something that they shouldn't know how to do coming out of school right. uh, to be more valuable to a restaurant owner. And as a chef, you have to teach a dishwasher how do you want your kitchen cleaned? How do you want your dishes washed and organized? Because you have to know how to do it to be able to teach somebody how to do it. Right. Absolutely. And I think also what we do, I think what we do a good job is with at the schools. I think now that we've gotten into, um, you know, teaching serve safe to the students and getting them involved in that so they have an idea when they, you know, that piece of paper is valuable. If they can pass that test and they can go on to an employer with being serve safe certified, that's a golden ticket to an employer because, like I said, I mean, it's very important to have people who are certified in that, especially when you hire them and you don't have to train them and, and whatnot. So it, it really lends itself to, you know, a good success. And that's a national test that's Correct. given across the board. And Yes. No, believe it or not, the... I just had a dinner uh, with Al DeGuerre, the um, winery, pr- the wine producer in Valpolicella, and I met a guy from Canada, and he said, you know, it's really a huge demand out there for uh, people who train the chefs. They actually, they're at a loss. They need people. And I know one of the people who worked for Al years ago, he went up to Canada. Wow. What was your favorite dish in Spain? In Spain? When you were, you said you were recently there? I was in Spain and Italy. Um... It's just got to be meat. <laughs> it's it's got to be meat. I've I've had some great dishes in Spain. Um, have the weird Catalan onions that's they coat the, it and they cook it and mm-hmm. they give you the sauce for yeah. it. But um, I mean, I've had sausage that the whole sausage they put it under like some sort of liquid and cook it right there on the spot for you. Had that in Portugal. I like meat, carne. I I, I need meat, meat or seafood. Nice. 
So does Chef Christina. She loves ribeyes on the steak. <laughs> Mushroom Vegan ribeyes. Rib Mushroom ribeyes. <laughs> well, <clears throat> one of the moments I remember the most, um, so I've been teaching for 15 years and uh, four years at the, the wonderful, powerful Camden County Technical Schools. But um, you're, already, you're tenured, all right? <laughs> you have to say. I'm just kidding. But, uh, well, so, Chef Wichard, I have to introduce you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So we have Chef Timothy Wichard. Uh, he, so we're moving from 11th grade to 12th grade. He has um, 12th grade level four students at Camden County Technical High School. And he's also, um, from the Food Network, a CHOP champion. Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, and I forgot, you just recently opened the Wing Kitchen. So the we're going to talk kitchen. about the Wing Ab Kitchen absolutely. after you share your favorite moment. Yeah, so um, like I said, I've been teaching for uh, 15 years and uh, four years with uh, Chef Galasso. And uh, like he was mentioning earlier, we do a uh, Camden County cook-off. It's a barbecue and pretty much is in a parking lot. And uh, one year we got the idea to roast a whole pig um, in the parking lot. Um, you <laughs> so, had the idea. I just went along with it. So, it. <laughs> so we got the whole pig brine for you know a few days, and we get out to the competition. And now we, we have to stay out there pretty late <clears throat> to start you know some of the food, smoking briskets and ribs and whatever. So now it's about two o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, listen, we got to put this pig on. So neither one of us bring a hammer, and we have to put a, a steel rod through the pig <laughs> to get it on the spit. <laughs> so we're trying to get this rod through the pig, and. It was a it was a it was a good scene. He's holding one end, you know. At Two a.m. in the middle of a parking lot. <laughs> in the middle of a parking lot. Didn't look weird at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Yeah, it Didn't look weird at all. <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I hope nobody's filming this because it would definitely go viral. But if you just did jackfruit, you wouldn't have to worry about that. What? Would you say jackfruit? <laughs> if you served jackfruit, you wouldn't uh, have to worry about. Yeah, we would have lost. <laughs> Well, it's not as fun putting jackfruit um, <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, I, if, if I could, real quick, I, I, it was a couple years ago. The uh, Rotary asked me to. This is interesting. A Rotary asked me to do a uh, a cook off, real quick. And uh, in, in, we were doing illusions, and you had to bring the stuff with you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on. A, chef was supposed to come with me, but he had something to do. I think his son had wrestling or something like that. So I took one of our students over there, and we were doing this short rib taco. It was gorgeous. I mean, we. You know, we roasted, we roasted our own corn, we made our own pico, we were putting queso fresco on top, pickle. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, we're setting them all up, and people are going crazy. So, people are coming up, and they have to put these little tickets in your bucket. So, you know, I see these people, and I'm, over to the right of me is a guy who made fruit salad. Now, nothing against a good fruit salad, but it's fruit salad. I mean, how good, unless maybe you soaked it in, in some of these wines. I don't know what else, but anyway. So, I... I lose to a guy making fruit salad. Okay, I come in second. <laughs> so I call Chef on the way home. I'm like, Chef, you you believe it? I said, I just lost a fruit salad. I'm talking I mean, him off the ledge at this point. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, how good could the fruit salad? I didn't try you it. You didn't I'm try mad. it? I'm mad that I didn't try it. You should have. This had to be one heck of a fruit salad. Well, the problem, tell you it was jackfruit salad. Oh, jackfruit salad. You didn't realize it. Unbelievable. But anyway. All right. I'm sorry to steal Chef Tim's thunder. He's got a lot to talk about. That's all right. It's the Camden no. County Technical School's takeover, <laughs> baby. It is. All right, so give me something. What's going on? So what's with the wing kitchen? <sighs> the wing kitchen. God, it's, it's And so, where is it's this so, wing it's kitchen? so beautiful. And where are these donuts? The, oh, I have the donuts. The donuts are <laughs> here. Like holding the donuts <laughs> That's out. right. I'm holding them hostage. She's holding them hostage. It's actually, it's 200 Herfville Road in Turnersville, New Jersey, um, at the, the beautiful Wedgwood Country Club. Open to the public. Um, today, we should be almost closed. Is it 7 o'clock yet? Yeah, just closed. So we're closed on Mondays. Um, open Tuesday through Thursday, 11 to 9 p.m. Friday, Saturday, 11 to 11. And Sunday, 11 to 7. You, might, you guys make a dry rub? We do. We do a dry rub. We can do them grilled, fried. Um, everything is handmade. No, no uh, sweet baby rays. No disrespect to sweet baby. But uh, we make everything in-house. Okay. It's a cannonball. Oh, I love cannonball. That's right. Especially <laughs> in the summertime. Jump off the diving board. <laughs> and do you have cauliflower? Um, I do have a fried cod. Not with me, though. Okay, um, that's okay. But we do do uh, we do the cauliflower vegan. We do it in rice, milk, hot sauce, and then we uh, dredge it to order, seasoned flour, and uh, deep fried nice and crispy and beautiful. And chimichurri sauce? Yes, we have a chimichurri. That's chim my favorite. Yeah, chimichurri. Like, like I said, we try to do fresh. And like uh, Chef D was saying, uh, Depending on what restaurant it is and what's your clientele and <clears throat> what's your volume is how you shop. So we get to go to some of the farmer's markets, get some of the fresh produce, and put together some of the sauces, like the chimichurri. So I'm excited for the summertime because, uh, you know, Jersey produce is some of the best in the world. So 
So when did this concept come to you? Like, was this something you'd been thinking about for a while? Like, I'm going to do a wing kitchen, or is it something that just So, so now the name wing kitchen, um, we went through, uh, <laughs> me and my partner, Roger Bodacci, we went, we were knocking ideas and names back and forth for a long time. But um, early in my teaching career, we would try to raise money for kids to go to SkillsUSA and go to FCCLA. <clears throat> a lot of times the kids in Brona County, um, not all of them, but you know, a lot of kids will have a hard time you know, getting the money together for you know, $1,000 to go across country to compete. So we would get together, like, you know, what can we do to raise some money? So we started doing chicken wings. And uh, we would come with the sauces and make these sauces and make the fresh flavors, and people couldn't stop buying them. People would line up. You know, we would do them at fashion shows, and everybody couldn't. They would just love it. So you know, years later, I'm like, you know what? Why not actually do this into a business and see how it goes? And so can they, do you have a website? I do. It's um, thewingkitchen.com. Okay. Is there a menu that they can see? Yep, the menu's on there. Okay. The hour's on there. Um, some of our philosophy and concept is on there. And uh, like now, it's going to change. So we're the home of the, the buttermilk fried donut. So I'm just waiting for somebody to steal it. So don't try if you're out there. You don't know what we do to it. And don't forget DoorDash. You're now on DoorDash. We are on DoorDash. So if you're in the, I don't even know what the radius is. It's, it's funny. It was so exciting. I got my first DoorDash order uh, <laughs> on Thursday. So I'm sitting there. We're, we're working. And bing, bing, bing. What is that? DoorDash. All right, let's go. So yeah, it is exciting. Now, did you give your first DoorDash customer like a free buttermilk I, donut? I did. You, uh, th- see, that's, what, not that's how that. Tim Witcher does things that's right there. That's how I roll, baby. That's yeah. how you roll. And not only that, I wrote a handwritten message on the side, you know, Aww. from the chef. I thank you. You're a first DoorDash customer. Enjoy this buttermilk fried donut on me. That is sweet. So what is DoorDash yeah. for people who don't know? So DoorDash, I mean, it's, it's just like, um, well, I don't know if it's just like, I don't disrespect DoorDash, but it's a lot of... Um, Delivery services now, um, like how Lyft and Uber is for driving, that uh, you can pretty much go on the website, find different restaurants, and they'll deliver them to you. You just order online. So they order through the, their their yes. website, mm-hmm. not through yours? Okay. Yeah, so they'll go on DoorDash. Um, say you're hungry for wings, you type in wings, wing restaurants come up. There might be eight different wing restaurants that aren't as good as mine, so then you go through all those, <laughs> pick the wing kitchen, hit the button, and you get the good stuff. So, Zachary, what kind of wine are we going to have with these wings? Or maybe with our or with donuts. The donut, yeah. With the, with the donuts. One. You know what? I rarely eat when donuts. When we see them. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't eat donuts that much. See, there you go. But these things right here, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it's cracking them. So once once a year kind of thing. Yeah, or once a week. Or yeah. once a day. We're up here. Actually, you know what? Uh, when I get wings, I get a... Um, Get them hot. I, I, I want to say a sesame teriyaki, but that's not it. I forget what it is because my girl mm-hmm. orders them all the time. I'll do sparkling wine. Nice. Cut through mm. that. Mm. Cut, cut, cut right through that yeah. little bit. That's, that's nice. That's nice. Um, and then, you know, a lot of our sauces aren't really spicy, but you can kick up any flavor. Um, we have a, a ghost pepper powder. So not enough. I mean, the pepper powder has a good flavor to it, but it's not enough to overwhelm the flavor of the um, wing flavor you, try, you decide to get. Nice. So how about share a moment from your culinary teaching experience? Oh, man. Um, so I, I'll share two. Um, one moment, this was years ago, um, and I had a student that uh, had some learning disabilities. So we entered one of the culinary um, competitions that was for students with um, disabilities. So he got in the competition, and he did very well, and he took second place in this competition. Um, the following year, he got in the same competition and didn't do as good. And, you know, I was upset. I know he didn't work as hard as he should have worked, and his parents were kind of upset. And... Uh, the following year, he won the main culinary competition at school. And uh, so he, we started training for the state competition. And uh, I mean, I don't get very fiery very often. You know, I'm pretty laid back and, and mellow. When I'm When's like, that start? <laughs> 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 so we have been training. <laughs> so we have been training for months. And um, it was like maybe two days before the state competition. And uh, <clears throat> he's, he's training and he put up garbage. I mean, it was pretty bad. This is after months of training and going through the whole process. And not that I was upset, but I kind of casually took my arm and wiped it all the way across the table until all his food <laughs> went into the trash. Oh, and um, he was kind of upset. And, uh, <laughs> and he left school that day. And the next day I had a pastry chef that was always the good cop. So I came in and she's talking to him in the storeroom. That's our meeting room. And she's giving him a pep talk. And regardless, and I'm kind of just kind of ignoring him, you know. 
So we get to state competition, and when you get to state competition, you can't really see the beginning of the competition. So I come in, and the first course is already done, and I look at this, at this first course, and it's perfect. I mean, the cuts are perfect. The, the presentation's perfect. I haven't tasted it yet, but I can see it's perfect, though. And I look across at him, and he's maybe, I don't know, 20 yards away from me. And uh, I kind of put my fist up, like a fist pump, saying, yeah, go, Aaron, you're, you know, you're doing a great job. And he kind of looked up at me and looked through me like I wasn't standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't that he was mad, but he was in a zone. It was, it was unbelievable. And it, it got me more excited. So now I'm going off on the side. <laughs> and I see he's moving. He's not wasting any steps. And he's just like doing everything like just right. And he puts up his entree. And the entree is perfect. And now I'm just like getting more hyped up. And he puts up the dessert. And the dessert is, you know, stellar. So then the competition's over. And we have a couple hours before, you know, um, award ceremony. And, uh, so we're kind of seeing, you know, going back and forth, what he did right, what he did wrong. And I just remember sitting there with his parents, and when they call third place, somebody else, and second place, somebody else. Now I'm like, if they rob my boy, <laughs> I'm going to tear this place apart. And they call his name out, and his parents, you know, are crying, and he's jumping up, and I'm jumping up. I'm knocking people out the way like I'm the parent. <laughs> and it's just a moment that you can't, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable, you know, to experience something like that. And then last year, um, we won all the culinary gold in New Jersey. So Skills USA, F- F- FCCLA. Um, my team won culinary arts gold um, and competed in Atlanta for nationals. And then we had the first student ever in New Jersey to win both. So he had to miss graduation, um, fly out to Louisville, Kentucky, compete in nationals there, then catch another plane and fly out to um, Atlanta with our team. A kid from Camden, um, Jameer Wembley Cole, that's never even gotten a plane before that uh, really went across the country to compete in two different areas, which was unbelievable. That's amazing. That's an amazing experience This, you know, for them to have in their lifetime yeah, to be able to is. do that. And they're lucky, um, you know, you are a top champion, so you have, uh, you know, skills and stuff that you can share with them and, you know, explain, you know, they, I see the students, they look up to you as, you know, being on the show and, um, you know, comp- for those that want to compete because it's a whole different arena and a, owning a restaurant but then also you have this opportunity to compete and the food network and those shows have really promoted that part of the industry yeah you know it's been good like when i was coming up it was channel 12 right channel 12 (laughs) on saturdays i'm watching the frugal gourmet i'm I'm going downstairs beating my brothers to the tv for um you know the saturday morning cartoons and and i'm watching cooking shows all day a couple of fights here and there but you know (laughs) i'll do it now you can wake up anytime in the morning two o'clock and there's something on you know cooking show wise I miss uh, those cartoons. <laughs> Kids don't have Saturday like morning we wrestling. Did. Remember Saturday morning wrestling? Oh, you, man. You know, I was that Woo! Yeah, on, on, no, on they Rick had video games. On, on Prism. <laughs> on Prism. Yes, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean. So I mean, it's just um, it has it has been a good experience all the way around to do something that you love to do. You know, it's tiring. Um, like I, I got to work this morning at eight thirty and worked all the way through and fried donuts right before I came here and tried to run down the highway. So. And I didn't realize the studio moved. Something's kind of driving. The same thing happened to me. I'm driving. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't right. GPS. I should have. Did you turned. pass it the first time like I did? I did. Uh, then you had to turn yeah, around. Yeah, turn yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, Pops I sent you the address. You did. You did. Like, you know. But you were looking for the stubborn. old building. Old building. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, wait a second. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, I hit the wrong you know, address. Hey, you got to sleep in compared to me, okay? He had at work at six. That's sweet. 1,850 covers. Mm. And then I, here. If I had 1,850 covers, I'd be a very happy dude right now. Yeah, so, I'm not a very happy dude right now. Like, so. <laughs> and you ain't bring none, see that? Yeah. Hey, you brought wine. There you go. That's also fine with this. This is some delicious wine, I gotta it be is. honest oh, with yeah. you. wine's beautiful. So, you guys gotta try the. Uh, I'm waiting for the donuts so I can pair it. Right here. Is this, where's the label at? It's just, uh, I just brought in a pallet of that just for uh, What's investors. What's the name of this one? It's going to be called, well, it's essentially Ecstasy. It's a Primitivo from a producer in um, Puglia in Lecce. Uh, his, they go back uh, to 1870, his family. And we met two years ago. And he, you know, looked at me and I had some of his wine. He says, look, I want to work with you. I want to work with you a long time, so... Let me ask you this question. I, I get this asked this all the time, and I'm sure other chefs get asked all the time. I'm not a wine. I like to drink wine. I like when people pick it out for me. I like when they give it to me. I like to try it. But people always ask me, 
hey, I want to buy a gift for someone who really likes wine, you know, and they ask me, what, what should I get them? I have no answers for them. So I'm going to ask you, like if somebody asks you that question and you have to pick like three wines or two wines, what do you buy for that person? I would always say you can't go wrong with bubbly. Okay. Um, a good bubbly, I would select something that's a Blanc de Noir uh, made from Pinot Noir. Um, some of the best companies have stopped making them. Like, uh, what's that? The people with the flowers, I can't remember the name. <sighs> it's always the flowers on the on the bottle. They used, Well, they had something called Nuit Blanche. They stopped making it. It was perfect. And it was only like $40 a bottle. Get a nice bottle of a, of a Blanc de Noir, or um, you can get a vintage port. Uh, vintage port, the special thing about it, and I, well, I didn't bring the vintage port. Um, I brought the 20-year. You can get them a 40-year-old port, a 20-year-old port, 30-year-old port. You can get them all four, 10, 20, 30, 40. It's going to cost you about $300 minimum. No, <clears> well, that's, all, that's the kind of gifts that Chef Gloss usually gives. It's nice. No, I mean, they'll, they'll all love I'm you. looking for the 1999 or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the Boone's Farms. Oh, no. no well, no, listen, no. you, you no. can hit Boone's Farms. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Kiwi Strawberries. <laughs> strawberry Hill. <laughs> they have flavors? I thought you just ordered by the color. I remember that. Uh, I remember that. I, I have to get a special gift for my mentor, pink. Chef Christopher. Well, you know what a great gift is? Listen, or, or get him a Brunello. A great gift is a uh, gift certificate from the Wayne Kitchen. We <laughs> I heard they're open now. Are they open? <laughs> they are open. Absolutely. And available on DoorDash. And available on DoorDash. Now, the be- I live about a half a mile from the Wing Kitchen. He's been there once. Well, we can there. run over. Listen, maybe a half a mile. DoorDash. You know why? Because yeah, it's you di- better you not know DoorDash. why? Because it's addictive. Okay. <laughs> I got you know again. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna toot the wing kitchen and I'm gonna toot Chef Witcher. He the the food that comes out of there. I have neighbors in the neighborhood and I, and they know that I work at the school and they know the other guy that I work with because he lives he lives in the town and my neighbors are talking about oh my god I was at the wing kitchen and this and that and they're putting stuff on Facebook. So if you you're in the Washington Township area and you don't stop by Wedgwood Country Club and you don't check out the wing kitchen for some great wings. Um, you know, and, and other things as well, but you're you're really missing out. Donuts, I mean, yeah, and fried donuts. Yeah, I appreciate that. My biggest pet peeve with wings is, and maybe I know, and maybe you've perfected it because I know you're like a chemist as well, chef, but or like a packaging expert. But like I order wings out, and I'm sure if people order wings, you know, they're nice and crisp in the restaurant when you get them home. Yeah. They're just not the same, and I know people put holes in them, and there's a uh, the lid. people put foil in it. Yeah, foil I just, people. like, I haven't found a way to get the wings, like, home, and they're the same as you order, like, you know, people say, oh, PJ Wheelahan's or whatever is great, and this and that. Watch you order them and they, mouth. I'm just saying, I mean, before the wing no. kitchen, before the <laughs> wing kitchen. Well, you know, I used to drive up to Doylestown from Philadelphia uh-huh. to go to Mesquite Grill, okay, and I order, like, 80 to 100 of their dry rub, okay, and just drive back home with them. And you, you got to worry about the con- the condensation. Mm-hmm. So you just got them dry, so there's no sauce on them, so you don't have to worry about that. Right, but you still have to worry about the, right, the right, condensation. Right, right. Yeah, And you know, it's not as far from where you're at in Philadelphia to uh, Washington Township, so you can drive there. I know where Washington Township yeah, is. That's, that's not a problem. You got to bring some wine. Listen, we have a beautiful patio that'll be open. Look, I'll tell some other people as well. Absolutely. We're going to do a couple cigar nights there and have some live entertainment. Um, actually, Cinco de Mayo. And for the Kentucky Derby on May 4th, we're going to have some different drink specials. There's going to be a guitar player in there. I'm not playing the guitar, but I may sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, come on by. We got a lot of stuff going on. May 11th, May 10th and May 11th, we'll have a DJ. Um, DJ You Know will be there on May 10th. We're going to do um, a nice uh, laid-back, smooth DJ night. And then uh, May 11th is going to be the Divot. So Divot is the name of the bar that was there existing before um, you know, we got there. And they do a Divot reunion. So it'll be 100-plus people in the bar and having a good time. So... A nice DJ and get some food. We have wonderful bartenders. Get some great drink specials. It'll be nice. Do you have a Facebook page where people can follow you? Yes. Um, if you go oh. to the Wing Kitchen on Facebook or Instagram, um, <clears throat> they can follow us and see what's going on and um, see some of the pictures and some of the, the great testimonials, little kids eating bones. You know, it's been great. <laughs> we have to get you some Satan um, wings. Ooh. <laughs> you know what? Listen, <laughs> we can do a veggie wing night. Oh, yeah. that would be fun. Let me line that? it up for that, Chef. There are a lot of there are a lot of vegans in Washington <laughs> you know Township. What, so when Chef Colosso saw on the menu, we have fried cauliflower by the pound. And he was laughing at me. Who's going to order five pounds of cauliflower? Yeah, five pounds. That's a- I think I've sold out of cauliflower every weekend since we opened up his nuts. That fried cauliflower it's so is good. so good. So good. Yeah, but I don't think, well, are people just eating like they're just sitting there eating five pounds of cauliflower or eating wings with it? French fries. No, well, well it depends. Oh, Sometimes, you know, it's Dip a whole cauliflower group. That's right. And then now they got donuts. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, cauliflower and donuts. Yeah. Yeah. And fries can make or break a restaurant. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we go through mm-hmm. pounds of potatoes, so nothing's frozen there. Um, They're not the <clears throat> shoestring kinds, right? No, no. We uh, we hand cut the fries, um, and then we fry them to order. Yeah. Nice. So we do talk a lot about vegan on the show because I teach plant-based uh, vegan cooking. I love plant-based. <laughs> Vegetable-based. Mm-hmm. And something that I have introduced students to as well because in the restaurant in business, it has becoming increasingly more popular with people changing their diets. I just read today that Simon uh, from American Idol, he just went vegan. Yeah, yeah. a mm-hmm. couple months ago, I believe. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. read the article this morning about it. And he did it for animal rights and people do it for health reasons as well. So as far as wine... Um, for, for people who are vegan or, um, you know, plant-based, there's a website called barnivore.com, and that'll tell you if your wine and spirits are actually vegan, how they're made. And I know a lot of times maybe you can let us know as well, the processing is getting away from using animal product in that filtering system. Yeah, but uh, the only thing they're using the egg whites for is fining. That's, it, that's, it's just like stabilizing the wine at some point. So... Understand for me and for producers I know, we we the whole concept of say natural wines mm-hmm. we can't wait till it goes away. It's just hipster stuff. We just go. I love hipsters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones buying your fried cauliflower <laughs> and the donuts. <laughs> but, but the whole concept of vegan wine, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, if if you really want wine, it it's just going off on another tangent. That's not going to last long well they can filter it with something besides egg whites is egg white it but it doesn't wind up in your wine so does it really matter it's still use of animal products so i mean that's where that's where they're coming from and that's why if you're an animal yeah if you're in for animal it's an egg compassion and they lay (laughs) eggs all the time they don't use these eggs all these eggs aren't fertilized true but if you want to check if your wine or spirits are um Vegan, you can go on barnabar.com. Oh, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I've never had one, and I'm excited about the Impossible Burger. I mean, what is the Impossible Burger? I have not had it. I have heard about it, and people I know have eaten it. It is, um, it's a fake meat product, a imitation meat product that does have some kind of chemical processing that makes it look like it bleeds. You don't seem happy about it. No, it it has as much saturated fat in it as a real burger. So if you're looking at it for health reasons, Mm. then it's probably not something you want to do. But if you're, you know, if you're looking at it for compassion reasons and, and, um, you know, animal rights uh, reasons, then you, you know, that's something that would be in your diet. The problem with these foods is that um, they're transition foods and people never get off them. They never go to the real cauliflower. Mm. Or, you know, all the vegetables that are out there and the beans and that kind of stuff. They kind of stay on that fake hot dog and fake sausage yeah. for too long. And then if you're doing it for health reasons, it's really not not good for you as, w- as well. So, but that's my little uh, soapbox. <laughs> I love it. Hipsters. Great. Come to the Hipster wing kitchen. Hipster plant <laughs> <laughs> We oh, love you here. But Jeff Christian and I were just talking about this because it is something that restaurants are are latching on to there, you know, as a, as a restaurant that makes all products, you have that uh, capability of capturing that market too for mm. people who want vegan food. Whereas me, as if I were to open a vegan restaurant, all I can serve is cauliflower. Yeah. I'm not but bringing you know in the people <clears throat> who are buying the steaks and the meat. And I guess it's the same reason why I don't sell pre-made burgers or sell tater tots or, you know, I want to have stuff that's fresh that we make there. So that means get something really, really processed. I'm really not into that. So if I can make a, a beautiful, you know, veggie burger out of quinoa and black beans and, you know, fresh farm market carrots and spinach and tomatoes, that's what I, I want to do. If I can't do it, I'm just not going to sell it. And that's something we have to show the students as well, where the food comes from. There's a company called Zone 7 who I've been trying to get in um, to be a purveyor too, who um, sources from all the local farms. Like mm. down the street from the school, there's a farm that grows potatoes. It'd be great for the students to be able to see that, that, you know, the potatoes are coming from down the street or there's corn right around the corner at Stella's right near the school. Oh, it's beautiful. That the corn Stella's is delicious. Corn. I remember. I <laughs> we got it last. That's right. I carried a sack for you. <laughs> I had a catering job last year and Chef Richard carried a sack for me of corn. I had to go every day to get a, a sack of corn for a client. But um, it would be great to expose them that. And the students, the students have also started a vegetable garden. Oh, yeah. I How much is a sack of corn, like weight wise? 
like 50 pounds well, I don't know. So, with my back with my back <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's about you know it's about 45 40 pounds more than i can carry all that corn it's only like 20 bucks too yeah and, and it's, it's delicious I mean, it was it the, was the size the of a body corn. but what do you wow. do with the cobs well it makes stock well it's it's not. Not. you can't make anything but if i happen to cut it off the cob yeah you, you take those stop. cobs and phew, man Just and you know what i like whiskey with them you know what i may do i might have to do a corn sauce yeah. For the wings oh, in the summertime, the a Jersey corn sauce for uh-huh. the wings in the summertime, and do it like a Mexican street corn. Right, with do the, the corn, parmesan. Do the corns, you know, and some um, some chili salt and a little bit of queso fresco. That might be bang, bang. Yeah. Coming you can soon, also take soon. that corn and put it in your cryovac and save it for, that's what I've been doing. I've been eating yeah. that salad corn all year. That's great. Thanksgiving time, pull it out. Mm-hmm. As much as we, you know, we like to eat seasonal, you know, we have the capability now of, of packaging it so we can have it all year. All right, listen, you guys got to break into one of these donuts. You All right, someone, someone try the donuts. So we have yeah, We're going to go around and have everybody uh, say their names, give out their <laughs> social media again. That's right. Um, Zachary, you want to start? Uh, Zachary Harris, www.ecovina.com, or Zachary MC Harris at ecovina.com. And I'm Timothy Witcher. Um, you can find me at Facebook, Timothy Witcher, uh, Jurchef underscore, um, and thewingkitchen.com and all the information is right there. I'm Chef Chris and this might be the best donut I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) You want to say where you're from? I'm from the Borgata Atlantic City. I'm Barry Galasso once again and I am from Camden County Technical School at bgalasso at ccts.net. I'm not as fancy as everybody else. I just have that straight old, you know, email (laughs) at this or at that or, you know. We're going to create you an Instagram. No, no, no. no. He has a a wonderful MySpace. His MySpace (laughs) MySpace. is unbelievable. (laughs) Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Me and the three other people that are still on it. We have a great time. Well, thank you. Um, Zachary, for bringing in these wonderful wines. I think my favorite was the first one. Well, you only had the first two. You have to try the Uh, the red. Yeah, this one here is my favorite. Uh, which was this one? That's the one. That's the white. Um, it's got a Galico Bronco. It's delicious. These two. Maybe this one's closest to me, but <laughs> that one right there is also beautiful. Well, you can take the rest of that bottle. I appreciate it. You, you can't go by Tim. Once he starts drinking something, it's a wrap. He likes everything. <laughs> <It's> over. <laughs> well, you guys try the donuts. I'm Chef Christina Martin. I'm sitting in for Derek Tim, who's out him. What is he? In the Himalayans. He's yodeling yodeling. In the Himalayans. Yodeling. Yeah, I love that. Along Tim. with it's the Nato. Actually, it would be the Alps. Too cold to yodel in the Himalayas. Okay. Okay. Thank you to our chefs from Camden County Technical High School. Thank you for being in studio Uh, today. And Chef Tim from the Wing Kitchen. No no problem. The Camden County Technical School's takeover. Go Warriors. Go Warriors. See you next week. A guy's in a restaurant. He says, hey, waiter, you got frog's legs? The waiter says, yes, we do. He says, well, then hop your ass in the kitchen and get me a ham sandwich. (laughs) I'm Jackie Martling. This is Small Bites, my autobiography, The Joke Man, Bow to Stern, now available in pre-sale. Go to JackieTheJokeMan.com. You'll love it.